0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hey, everybody, it's Greg Gutfeld. I am so excited. I am with the metal god himself. I am in the presence of Rob Halford. Judas, one of the greatest, not just the greatest, one of the greatest metal bands, but one of the greatest bands of all time, never released an album that wasn't great. Some bands, they have, even Van Allen had a bad album, but not Judas Priest. Rob, how are you?
1: Hey, Greg, thank you for those beautiful heavy metal words. And I'm doing great, man. It's good to see you. Good to it's see good
0: you. To do. We're doing this via Zoom, and I feel like the, your presence. Is just warming me up. By the way, I wanted to wish you, your partner Tom, a happy birthday yesterday. As a Marine, because yesterday yes, birthday for the Marines.
1: Yes, you- thank you. I'll I'll, uh, I'll extend your wishes to him. Yes, he was active duty. He uh, served in uh, uh, in Iraq and Somalia, mm-hmm. and he's got so many medals. When he walks, he's like lopsided. <laughs> But a big shout out to all of our beautiful veterans here in the USA. We love you so much and thank you for your service. We just had the same thing in the UK on Sunday, uh, Remembrance Day. So this is a beautiful time these last few days to uh, remember these incredible people uh, that uh, that some had the ultimate sacrifice, uh, but also those that are uh, active duty uh, right now. Thank you so much for everything that you do.
0: Yeah, and, and, and um, it's also, not only, not only is it Veterans Day today, what is it also today, Rob?
1: It's National Metal Day.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to thank you for your service.
1: <laughs> there you go. Thank Good. you so much. I've been doing it for 50 years, Greg. So <laughs> where's <What>? my medal? <laughs> I, you know,
0: uh, a buddy of mine, I uh, he's in a band called the Melvins, King Buzzo, was the guy who told me to that your book was great. And so I went to order your book and it comes up as audio. And I go, that's the only way you got to experience this book is the audiobook because you get to hear it from your mouth. And yeah. it, it, it was so every night I would like turn it on and then you got this Birmingham slang. It just made it. it did, now, let me ask you, did you enjoy doing it as an audio book?
1: I did. Yes, because it's a different texture. I love reading. I love to pick up a book. The old fashioned way, (laughs) if if it is old fashioned, I don't think you'll ever go out of fashion. A book is a book, right? But anyway, to read it is is a great experience. Um, i got to give a shout out to my guy, Ian Gittins, because he captured my character. He captured my essence and got them onto the pages. But to actually speak it out so that friends around the world, metal maniacs around the world like Greg can hear me, yeah, um, I think it just adds a little bit more of an intimate uh, experience to it and it certainly has more power I think it has more power when it's coming from the source as, as you might say
0: absolutely it, but people I don't think people know how hard it is though to do an audiobook because when you sit down I mean your book I think that must have been 450 500 pages if I it was I th- maybe maybe it was about 400 but I mean it's I've done these audiobooks it's It's a challenge because it's 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 pretty exhausting,
1: right <laughs> yeah, you can't drop the ball, yes. you can't drop the heavy metal ball because you know when you're by yourself, you mm-hmm. feel like it's just you and the microphone or you right. and your producer, but it's not it's gonna go out when you do your show. It's just going out to millions of people. so you've got to get the the headspace in the in the correct place. You've also got to remember that an audio book like a regular book can live forever. So you've got to engage people in the moment, but you've also got to think beyond this place that you're at now and way into the future. So it does take take some concentration. But, hey, I've been doing that, as I just said, for 50 years with my beautiful heavy metal band Judas Priest. So when you make a record, it's the same kind of intention. The dedication has to be spot on.
0: You know, it's so funny. Uh, I always, uh, the one, when I do an audio book, that's when I realize there are words that I've written that I've never said out loud and I don't know how to pronounce them. And I feel really embarrassed in front of the editor when I look at the word and I'm about to say it and I don't know how to say it, you know? and, and uh, But uh, I get over that. <laughs> so I learned so much from your book about you and other things, but the, I learned, the most important thing I learned from you is that you are a hopeless romantic. that that comes out immediately i mean you sound like you would do anything for a uh a long-term uh monogamous uh, pseudo-monogamous relationship i mean you would move like you would move places if you felt that that was what it took which is like it's really rare i think
1: well it's the power of love you know the power of love has no rules it has no boundaries it has no laws you just go out where your heart sends you. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was for me. You could, Of course, my journey to find the one uh, mm-hmm. took a long time, like does for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a search for me that was difficult because, of course, I was in my own kind of heavy metal closet. I didn't come out until the early 90s. And, and a lot of these experiences happened when I was still hiding my identity. Right. And so there is some poignancy attached to it but i i'll give you i'll give you big metal points for that uh greg because i am i am a, i am a, a heavy metal romantic i mean i think you know for for men especially it's a beautiful thing to be in touch with your emotions mm-hmm. not to be afraid of that side of you and um so that's just part of many of these exposés, if you want to use well, the word confess, uh, one of the many confessions in this book that's out right now.
0: Yeah, um, uh, the interesting thing is the challenge, okay, so you're in a massively popular band and you can see everybody in your band basically have access to the candy store. So you're, because yeah. like anybody who's in a band, part of the reason why guys get into bands is because of the candy store, the women and the drugs. And you can't do that. You cannot no. do that because it's like, what do you, it's, it, it is such, um, it's such kind of a cruel irony that you get this job that has these rewards, but the rewards, you can't, it's not there for you.
1: Yeah. And, you know, again, it's all about balance. Yeah. Um, sure. The, the, the you know, everybody needs in, intimacy. Everybody needs some kind of physical um, experience. That's just part of human nature. But uh, for me, it was difficult because uh, at certain times, uh, not so long ago, uh, that would have been a major clash. That would have been like a seismic heavy metal earthquake uh, to send a message out as to who I was completely. Um, because times were different then. It's still tough now. We still have a long way to go in terms of the struggle and equality. That's another conversation you can have. You and I can have, Greg, later. But um, as far as uh, as far as having my uh, uh, Sowing my heavy metal oats, <laughs> that was a rarity, that was impossible, you know, and and, and again, using the, the beautiful power, the healing power of metal to get you through anything in life, music yeah. in general, but for me specifically as a metal maniac, uh, yeah, the, the the music was my, sustained me um in those uh in those dark and lonely nights <laughs>
0: i realized uh that you might be the you might be the only author in history to have a book in which the author meets the queen and also hooks up with a fan in a truck stop
1: I... <laughs> what what a great that's just great man only Greg could come up with that kind of dual scenario <laughs> but yes this is the same guy <laughs> that met her majesty <laughs> and shook her hands illegally because you don't shake hands with the queen yes and uh, she says uh i'm with my mate Silla black who was still a, a massive huge national treasure who's sadly no longer with us and Silla's like digging me in the ribs. you don't shake hands with the queen i'm like i don't know what's protocol i haven't got a clue and then, <laughs> then prior to that i mean a truck stop in <laughs> texas <laughs> having a while well, shenanigans excuse me, while well, shenanigans three minutes, was it three minutes? It may have been 30 seconds, uh, shenanigans with, uh, with, with someone that turns out to be a priest fan <laughs> you can't write this stuff, well you can write it because I've written it, but oh my lord, yeah, this book goes everywhere
0: oh it does, it, it does and there's so, many, it, there's so many fun parts I mean, there's a weird the fact that you handcuffed yourself uh, to Andy Warhol is like, you're again the only person that's probably ever done that, I imagine. I can't imagine, I haven't heard anybody else do that.
1: <laughs> no, well, they, they certainly haven't spoken it out, that's for sure. But what a wild night that was. You know, a great show. We had priests had a couple of great shows at the Palladium in New York City. And then our label threw a party and we played. And I see this guy in the front of me with his little Olympus camera taking pictures. I'm like, i know that i know that hair i know that (laughs) i know that bouffant and it turns out to be andy warhol and uh we connected it's strange because andy didn't really speak that much he used to say oh really a lot for everything oh really oh really oh really so i got my handcuffs out and i put them on andy Mm -hmm. and i go uh, i go i've lost the key andy he goes oh really i said i don't know where the key is oh really which I, I did have the key. But yeah. the, the, the beautiful ending to that is that he and I got into a, into a cab outside of this venue in New York, and then we went to Studio 54 together. Oh. And, uh, you know, we walk up, to, the velvet rope is taken down, and we walk in, and then Andy goes one way and I go another. And that was the end of a beautiful experience.
0: <laughs> that, I mean, it is, it, it, it's it's kind of like you, you, you touched on a specific kind of um, era like a lot of people don't have that experience with Andy Warhol because he's just not around. And that the fact that you, you're kind of like, you basically, uh, I don't know, I, I don't, I'm not articulating it well enough, but you were able, you have a piece of that era that other people don't have. Aside from also like recording an album in, um, oh my God, who's, uh, I'm, I'm spacing in-, was
1: in John it John Lennon's house, in Ringo's yeah, house. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you, uh, the matching toilet seats. I just remember the matching- yes.
1: Yes, Yoko. I mean, yeah. Who knew? Who knew? that John and Yoko had an early morning poo holding hands t- together because they did, because there were these two toilets with a little brass plaques behind each one. I wonder if they. I wonder if they ever mistakenly sat on each other's toilets and they had a had a poo fight. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, yeah what, what a great moment. But it's true, Greg. Uh, I was born in 1951, and um. I tell that in my in, in, in my book about the fact that England was still recovering from the devastation of World War II. There was still rationing going on yeah. as I was a child, but I grew through that. And so I'm blessed. I'm so blessed that I, ra- that I lived through the 60s, mm-hmm. the massive cultural revolution of the 60s, which was m- huge in America and tremendously inspirational to a lot of places around the world. Um, and then the 70s. Which times were getting a bit rocky, and then the eighties, when we have the decade of decadence for heavy metal and all things rock, you know. Mm-hmm. And now through the nineties and then the two thousands, what what a what a blessing! I, I couldn't have I couldn't have been more happier uh, for the guy upstairs to put me down here for for this uh, for this whole uh, almost seventy years around the sun. Yeah,
0: you know, it it's uh, you just said the guy upstairs, and that just triggered something that I didn't even think of asking you. A lot of, uh, if people didn't know any better, they wouldn't realize that you you are a Christian. And I, 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 I you, which you, which is another part of confess. <laughs> is that you have to, <laughs> yeah. you have everything, everything that is part of the stereotype of the heavy metal, which is unfair to heavy metal and unfair to you, is that, you know, there is, you have a, you have a moral struck. Everybody thought heavy metal was so evil and rotten. And you, you bore the brunt of that in that crazy case. And I, I don't even want to get into it, but if people ever want to look, Look into that. I remember it being younger and being in, 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 influenced by the media. The media was not on your side. They painted it. And so, like, I, I don't know how old I was. Maybe I was 18, I don't know, 17, but I was stupid enough to think that it was real. That, like, oh my God, their music back there was back masking uh, that influenced these teenagers to try to kill themselves. And one of them survived. And it's a horrible story. And it's not true i mean it's not, in fact i mean it's like you were you were ended up found like not guilty blah 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 but <clears throat> and i won't get into it but it just it taught me a lot about how the media manufactures stories because that story is more interesting than the reality the reality is you had some severely depressed uh, teenagers and they made a horrible decision and it, pro- and, and it had nothing to do with your music, but that's not the interesting story. I am going off on a tangent. What I wanted to ask you, <laughs> you did a lot of interesting stuff on stage that no one would probably do now. Um, riding a motorcycle on stage, uh, the uh, machine gun full of blanks. <clears throat> what, what do you see the, how do you see the current state of music? Do you see it as a safer kind of world now? People are more reticent about taking risks?
1: I tell you what's interesting about that analogy, Greg, is that for me, it does seem as though a lot of the music has gotten safer, but the world has gotten somewhat scarier, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas back back a few decades, back back even maybe less than a decade, it was it was the flip side. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of controversial artists. There was a lot of controversy in the music. but that seems to have dissipated now. It's just, it's it's almost as, as though we've been shocked and stunned into kind of an emotionless state to some extent, mm-hmm. which is a real shame, you know. Because music plays on your heart, it plays on your emotions, you know. And um, no, ma- no matter how if you want to if you want to find some dangerous music uh, and sometimes with dangerous messages, you can find it in different genres of heavy metal. Mm-hmm. The most beautiful thing about heavy metal music, like most music. Is that it's uplifting? You know, it pulls you through things, and, and as as it's pulling us through right now with this pandemic, we're using music to to help us heal and to help us get through uh, whatever difficulties there may be in life. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it's so true. I mean, I, I I mean i I remember the I remember the music that carried me through stuff, and uh, and I and as I get older, I'm more I'm more into electronic music because I guess I. I don't know why, if I, I listen less to lyrics, what I want to ask you about current metal is you talk, you know, when you think about the 70s and the 80s, the, there was a certain theatrical pride to the bands, like whether it was Queen or Judas Priest or David Bowie, people like, um, it was a proud act. You were out there showing off. And I know there are metal bands that I really, really like that, uh, are, that are around now. And I won't mention them because I'm going to, criticize it's almost like they do the opposite it's like it's more important to remain unimpressed with the fact that you're performing so it's they don't get dressed up they don't sometimes they don't look at the audience they look down at their instruments even the lead singer feels like he's kind of in a he's alone and there isn't that there isn't that kind of like joy like holy crap we're putting on a show am i wrong in this comparison i don't know
1: no i i agree with you I agree that there again there are different um, different ways to enjoy your experience of, of music, and the thing about Priest is we have been flying that British heavy metal flag as we call it for so many years now, and we we said we said from day one, when our fans come and see us, we want to leave them with metal memories that we want to we want them to go away from a show and not only think about the music which is the, the main essence of who we are and what we're about in the metal community. But also, oh, there was a the bit where Rob came out on the stage and then there were these things going on and there was the machines happening and there was the smoke and the dry ice and the lights. And so you take all of that essence away with you and, you, and that lives with you till the next time. So as, as far as reinvesting in yourself, that's what Priest continues to do. We should be out on the road right now celebrating 50 years of heavy metal, which looks like it's going to obviously be bumped into next year. But it'll still be a 50-year celebration. We have all these incredible sets built. We have all these amazing things that are going to happen. And our fans are looking forward to that experience. But, yeah, uh, a lot of metal bands thrive on that type of um, that metal uh, escapism. Mm-hmm. It's escapism. You go to a show it's like going to a Broadway show. You get lost in it. You, you just really enjoy the whole getting out of the real world type of uh, vibe. Uh, and, and it's great, you know, it's, 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 it's just a wonderful place to see each other all your metal mates all your, your metal friends. And, and then, uh, you know, there you go. It, it's, it's the pure, it's the pure pleasure of, of, uh, diving into something and, uh, and, and just being with people that feel the same way about you, about the music that you love.
0: Um, who did you enjoy, in terms of bands or performers, who did you enjoy playing with, whether on a, on a uh, you know, on stage, like openers or headliners? And who did you find you couldn't be, you wouldn't mind it if you didn't see him again?
1: <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of nudge that, <laughs> <laughs> I think you reply to the question, you're, you're but so hey, ha, ha, hey, this is so great! I saw David Bowie on the Ziggy Stardust tour. Wow. Uh, I, that's what a you know what a thing to remember. Um, we opened up for Led Zeppelin on Day on, Day on the Green, uh, Bill Graham production in in, in the Bay Area, um, which, uh, which we talk about in the book. Uh, I, I've stood on stage and, uh, and and watched so many bands. We opened up for Kiss when Gene was dating Cher, uh-huh. and, uh, and, and so many more, you know. E. When Priest first came to America in the 70s, nobody had a clue what heavy metal was. Mm-hmm. So we would open up for bands like REO Speedwagon and Foghat and Head East and Molly Hatchet and 38 Special, and then we'd go on. And everybody will. Like, what the hell is that noise? But we win the crowd over by the end of the night. So all of these beautiful bands um, are treasured memories for me. And I know for so many people um, that, that love uh, the music that they love, there's just, there's just this great journey that we're on together of, of bands and artists that we've, uh, that we've enjoyed.
0: All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. It's Brian
1: Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think.
0: Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadShow.com. One of the bands you talk about, and I learned something about ACDC I didn't know, which is Angus Young is a lightweight. And you were like, <laughs> when I was in high school and Priest and ACDC were the bands, of, I went to Sarah High School in San Mateo, California. So that's early 80, 80 to 83. And um, you I, you met Bon Scott, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, he was alleged. I mean, that voice was
1: insane. He was a remarkable, yeah. remarkable guy, a, a remarkable man. And yeah. I mean, Bon was just a full-on rock and roll, much like um, my other late great friend, Lemmy. You know, there was something about those guys that they're irreplaceable Mm -hmm. in everything that they represent. But we had the pleasure of, a priest had the pleasure of opening up for ACDC on one of their big European tours They took us out. And uh, sadly, it was the last tour that Bon made. Uh, He passed just as we went in to make the British Steel album, ironically Mm -hmm. enough um but uh, yeah i remember w- w- this is back in the day when i used to like a beverage myself i've been cleaning sober now for 36 years but uh, uh I-, I offered angus a drink oh no i can't drink come on angus just have a little little sip no no oh, i can't you know i i it- it- you know, i i just go off my head you know so at, at the end of the tour we had some champagne so we- i actually watched him take a small glass of champagne and one glass of champagne and he was blitzed 3 minutes later he was legless he was legless bless him and uh, that's that's the extent that's another story about my 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 demons uh, in 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 substance abuse uh, and uh, that's just a that's just an unfortunate rite of passage for a lot of people in in rock and roll mm-hmm. and some of us can live with it uh, and some of us can't. And some of us find out we have a disease like I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict for 36 years. This is one day at a time. So um, it's just great being around all of these different personalities that, uh, that have different ways of uh, enjoying themselves.
0: Yeah. it's And it is in the line of work uh, where the ages can vary. And so you have these young guys, young guitarists or people you're working with coming in and they're getting a taste of that life and you're there. And it's like, you know, it, it's, I, you know, it, 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 it's, it must be kind of challenging because the temptation is always there. But it sounds to me like you've not only conquered the alcohol, you, you've conquered the temptation of it, which is the hardest part, obviously. because it, it is
1: from- tough. It is tough. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I feel like right now I could say I've, I've uh, beaten down temptation. Mm -hmm. with a a big guitar or a mic stand but i know that's not the fact i know that's not the fact i know that literally for for a person like me and i'm sure for many of of your viewers it is a day-to-day a challenge you know and but if you if you have the great thing about recovery is you find out so many things about yourself Mm -hmm. and one of them is your own built-in power that we all have this built-in power and strength for everything in life sometimes you have to hit You have to hit a wall and sometimes you have to get deep down in a hole before you realize you've got this built into you. And um, that's one of the many joys that that I that I was taught through my through my rehab stint. Um, And that was that was an awakening and an awakening for me. So, yeah, it it is very much one day at a time for me, Greg.
0: Yeah. Um, How's your back? I remember. uh, Oh, thank you.
1: (laughs) How's it doing? How's your back when you get up in the morning, Greg?
0: Terrible. I'm getting spasms. Like I'll have a couple of years of pain-free back, and then I get those freaking. I get mine's a lower back thing, so it's like it just in, and it's like a lightning bolt. And I'm always curious about how people do it without surgery. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to get surgery. I've. I've. I just get through it, and it goes away. But I, re- I know okay. that you had back issues.
1: Yeah, I, I, had, I had my last rights given to me <laughs> by yeah. my new neuro spine surgeon, um, Harlan Spencer, Spencer yeah. Harlan in Birmingham in the UK. And he comes into my room and he's at the bottom of the bed before, before he knocks me out. And he goes, I have to read you the last rights. I'm like, What? Because this is a pretty this this is a pretty dangerous operation, you know, and I'm writhing in agony because I'm I've been in so much pain for months, you know. Mm. Um you may not wake up, okay. Well I'm ready, I'm ready to go I'm ready to go upstairs, hopefully. Um uh you may be incontinent. I'm an old guy, I'm getting there already. <laughs> you know, all these things. But I tell you something, it's 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 very natural to to, to to be afraid of something like that. But for me in terms of my health, it was like I went I went to sleep in pain, and I woke up completely pain-free. I've still got a little bit, a little bit of a, a bit of a nudge of, of a discomfort here and here and there, but the advances in medicine, particularly from when I was a kid to where we are now, mm-hmm. it's absolutely fantastic, you know. And there are so many ways that you can get yourself uh, put back in shape to get back on the road, which we're desperate to do because we miss all of our beautiful fans around the world, like so many musicians who are not able to work right now.
0: Are you, uh, uh, I I asked uh, some people, some fans of yours for questions and a lot of them brought up the efficacy or the joy of wearing leather pants.
1: And I
0: (laughs) have, I mean, it's gotta be hard to perform in leather pants. I mean,
1: that's a, (laughs) right? Well, yeah, you remember that great Elvis comeback special? when he's dressed in the leather. He was beautiful. <laughs> even, oh. Yeah, he looks beautiful, but even Elvis was squirming. I don't know how much of that was the show or the pants. <laughs> he was constantly adjusting himself on that stool. It's an art, it's a it's a fine art. It's one of those things where practice makes perfect, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've never, but also I think you have to be, I'm short. I don't think short people are supposed to wear leather pants. Cause then you look, I don't know what you, you kind of look like a weird gremlin, like a big leather ball. <laughs> you look like a medicine ball. And it's like, you have to be, like tall people, they can pull off, no pun, leather pants. Short people can't. I've, I know my limitations, Rob. Uh, I'll stick to cat. Uh,
1: well, hey Greg, I'm, go- I'm gonna call you out there. I'm, I'm gonna give you the number of my guy, Ray Brown, who makes all of my stuff. And I'm gonna say, Ray, get on the phone with Greg, take his inside leg measurement and make sure that you make him look like this uh this leather guard. next time you next time you go on the on, on fox five i want to see you i would do that for you i
0: have one uh one last question and then uh, well and then i'm going to find out what you're where you're going next but one of the other things in your book which was hilarious was that you wanted to rollerblade on stage <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking like okay if they didn't know that you were gay uh, at that point when the lead singer says, "Why don't I rollerblade on stage?" It was at that point that they should have said, "Okay, Rob, we know."
1: <laughs> well, um, like everything in life, there are straight rollerbladers, there are gay rollerbladers, LGBTQ. We're all we're all rollerblading. It's a great. It's right? a great. I, I remember those days. Do you remember the days of the roller derby? The oh, roller I love derbies? that. Oh
0: my god, I grew up
1: and, in and glow glow Glo, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Oh yeah, amazing.
0: Um. It was so gritty, it was so gritty. I watched it as a kid, it was on the daytime like when you're home school from sick and I would watch it. And it was like, they were like, they were, their names were always like the Bombers, like the Bay yeah, the- yeah. The- Bombers. And they were like, <laughs> Scary ladies, but uh, yeah, that emotionally scarred me. But you're right, though. Me saying that, I, I, I stereotype the rollerblader. I just said it because I could never rollerblade. Every time I try, <laughs> I fall over. So I, I, uh, you know, I still have a bitterness. Rob, I love talking to you. And so, what, where do you, what are you going to be doing next? Where can we find you? I know that it's going to be. It's hard to say at this point, but.
1: Well, I'm here at my 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 home, my home here in Phoenix, Arizona, where <laughs> I've had a place since eighty something yeah. or other. Right. Um, and uh, it's beautiful. We just got through one of the most incredible, hellacious hell-heat summers of all mankind. That was a that was a challenge. I was a heavy metal vampire for most of this summer. I only went out when the sun went down, and it was still 110. Uh, but I love Phoenix. I love the people of Phoenix. It's, it's just a great harm from home for me. So I'm here, and I'm in touch with the guys every, pretty much every day. We're making a new Priest record, uh, which is exciting so that'll be that'll be ready when it's ready the big plan is for this massive resurgence all the all the bands all the artists are looking forward to getting out on the road again in 2021 so the future's great man you know i'll be hitting the big 7 o mark next year you, and you, i couldn't be happier i couldn't you know, be happier over 60. i'll tell you that thank you <laughs> I'll, thank you I'll, I'll send you a. I'll send you a Denny's gift card. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> I, I usually
0: eat there at four o'clock. I'll have the turkey soup. That's usually- oh, hey.
1: Make sure make sure you get your discount. You know, yes. I give you a ten percent discount. You get yes. a certain number. <laughs>
0: but you know, but seventy is the new fifty. It really is the new yeah. fifty. Don't you think? Yeah. I, I have to tell I'm fifty six. I'm fifty six. So I, I'm not far behind, man. And it, and as you get older, it just gets faster
1: because you have all that stuff. It does. And it just it does, up. but you enjoy it more. Like, aren't you having? You do. Life? You figure out what's important, yes. you know, and what's important is firstly yourself. You have got to get yourself in the right place, then you can send out the love. It's really? your family, it's your friends, it's all these people that, that are directly enmeshed in your life that have the true value. And then, if you can spread some of that out into the world, and that's one of the great joys of music, you know, because we have. Our beautiful heavy metal maniacs all around this beautiful planet. You know, there are heavy metal maniacs for Judas Priest. And we can't wait to see them again. And we can't wait to see all of our fans in America when we get back out, back out on the road. You've got to come on stage and, and sing a song with me, Greg. What do, you, what do you want to do? Breaking the Law? The Vista yes. Midnight?
0: I, 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 that was the first song you did that I heard. And it scared me because it, it was frightening. Because you were like, <laughs>
1: it's
0: a frightening song. It was
1: strong. Yeah, it was a strong song. Yeah, but it, was, it had a good hook. Still has a good hook.
0: It does. Well, listen, um, everybody's gotta pick up your book and I would advise, you're gonna love the audiobook, Especially, I mean, when you're sitting at home, nobody can read at lo- anymore. Try the, the audiobook is gonna make you laugh and it's something, like I always use, I always do the audiobook when I'm cooking or anything. It's just like, it's just great. It's like having somebody in the house telling you a story. Rob, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Hey
1: Greg, it's been a real pleasure to speak with you at long last. And I wish you all the very best. Keep safe and sound. And uh, hey, come and see Priest when we get back back out on the road.
0: 100%, I will be there. Thank you so much, Rob.